tell you, when you were away from work for a while, like I was, and when they go you go back to work, it's like, oh, my word, this morning I couldn't even open my eyes. <laughs> I was like, oh. Yesterday was fine until I get up this morning. I said, I need to sleep some more. <laughs> oh. Tell you, Brother Tom, it's not easy, 3.40 in the morning every every day. Some days it catches up with you, you know. This morning it, it, it caught up with me. It's like, oh. It's like when I got to the parking lot, I could stay there and take a nap in my seat. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, anyway. All right, First Kings chapter 11. And we're, but praise the Lord, we have a job, right? Praise the Lord, we have a job. You know, I, 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 I praise His name and look, thank you so much, Lord, for, for providing. And I have a place I can support my family, you know. It's, uh, but uh, sometimes, you know, you, you take two weeks off, you need another two weeks. <laughs> what, what is it? To recover. Right, right, right. You know, I like it when I'm, when I'm not working. I like, to go, I, I, I like to go to bed like 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. I like when the world are you doing? I don't know. I just then then I was six o'clock. I'm up already. <laughs> like I said, don't you sleep until like nine ten o'clock? I know I don't. <laughs> I'm up early, you know. Like uh, I, I like to get up early because it makes the day long. When you get up nine ten o'clock, the day is so short, right? Just me. I like you said, but why? I just like to do things. But anyway, it's me. Everybody's different. Anyway, okay. First Kings chapter eleven verse one. And uh, when, when, we finish, when we finish with our service tonight, we're just going to sit down and just talk. I'm just, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the people online goes, oh, I want to be there too. <laughs> anyway, 1 Kings chapter 11. But King Solomon, and that's verse 1, Solomon loved, look what it says, many strange women together with the daughters of Pharaoh, woman of the Moabites, Ammonites, Adamites, uh, Zidonians, and Hittites. And of, the nations concern, uh, and of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, Ye shall not go into, the, un, into them, neither shall they come unto you. For surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clave unto, thee, uh, unto these in love. And he had 700 wives, princes, princesses, and 300 concubines. And his wives, look what it says, turn away his heart. For it came to pass when Solomon was old and his wife turned away his heart after, uh, heart after other gods and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God as it, was, as it was the heart of David his father. And Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the, gods of the, the god, goddess of the Zidonians, and after Melchon, the abomination of the uh, Ammonites. And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and went, and went not fully after the Lord as it did um, his father. Then did Solomon build, build a high place for Shem, uh, Shemash, the abomination of Moab, in the hills that is before Jerusalem, uh, and for Molech, the abomination of the children of Ammon. And likewise did he for, his, for all his, his strange wives which burn incense and sacrifice unto their gods." Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for this passage of Scripture. We can learn so much, Lord, about the gods of this world and how we should be close to you. And Lord, how wrong we go when we turn away from you and embrace the gods of this world. I pray, Father, Lord, as we dissect this chapter, Lord, I pray, Lord, give us something we can take home, we can apply into our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I said, uh, even in, uh, were we waiting for that little thing that we always buy and put on the wall? And this year, uh, you must increase, and I must decrease. And, of course, we're looking at this is the same thing right here. Um, I have to say something. Can, uh, Eric, can you go over there and tell, to put down their voice, because I can hear it, and that disrupting me here. I'm not trying to be rude here, but... Uh, be kind. <laughs> okay. For the sake of introduction, every, everyone knows the story uh, in the New Testament of the wise and foolish men. 
Everybody knows that. Very popular story, right? There's the wise and the foolish men. So the wise men built his house upon where? The rock. You know, I mean, listen. It makes, it, <laughs> makes sense. it makes sense if you build a house, you put a foundation, right? It makes sense. If you build a house, you've got to lift. The most important thing of a structure is the foundation. Because if there's no foundation, that kind of thing is going to sink on you. You know, you're going to see cracks everywhere. Imagine like you, you, let's say you build this nice home. You know, two floors, nice home. You lay right on the, on the ground. And you put nicely, you fix the walls and stuff. You give it about maybe, I don't know, months, a year. And you're going to see cracks everywhere. Because, you know, the house settles. And if there's no foundation, it sinks on you. So we have to be careful with that. But the Bible is very clear. There is a wise man and a fool. Because a fool said, ah, I don't have time for that. But the, the most important thing of a home when we build it, even though you don't see the foundation, you got to put the foundation on to hold the structure. So, uh, the wise man builds house upon the rock, and the foolish, the Bible says, build his house upon the sand. So such parables uh, spoken by Jesus was, is very practical. Why? Because in reality, it's true. You know, if you go practically... Jesus was talking about, of course, spiritual things here. But Jesus used a very practical, common sense story or, you know, or everyday life. And people just gaze at him, look at him, because people understood what he was saying. You know? And he using it in a spiritual sense. He's saying, listen, a foolish man rejects God all of his life and builds his house on nothing. A wise man builds his house on God because when life is over, guess what happens? His foundation is strong and solid. He's going to be with God. So he was being very, very practical here. Let me put it this way. Is people still today being foolish and building house on the sin, spiritually speaking? Of course, by the thousands. By the thousands. So it is always wise to build a, on a solid foundation on which destruction is going to stand. That, that, uh, that to build upon sand or is, or is, with no foundation which the structure is destined to fall. So now, Jesus was not talking, of course, about, about real foundations. He was talking about lives of people. And he's, he's talking about spiritual life and, and about that. So he's trying to use, like I said, a, a common thing that, that was done in everyday life to a spiritual sense so people could grasp what he was saying. So those who are wise build their lives upon the Lord, like I said. But those who are unwise build their lives upon the things of this world. You know, some people feel, uh, are more attracted by the things of the world than the things of God. They mock God. They make fun of people that go to church. They do all these things because they have all the fun here. But you know what happened here? They, 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 the Bible calls them fools because they build their lives on nothing. We're building our lives on a rock. See? Now, do you know that there is a story in the Old Testament about a wise fool? There is. This man is, goes by the name of Solomon. He started good. It could, have, it could have finished good. But instead, he chose to put God aside to embrace the gods of this world. This passage is very clear about that. To embrace the gods of the, or the idols of his wives or indeed, uh, who indeed change his heart. What, what is the other uh, lessons we can learn here? How many people that I know who have said, they will never change me. I know met, I, I met many people who said those things, especially young people. You will never change me. She will never change me. You know, but they're not saved. Don't get yourself involved with that, people. They will never change me. You know what happens? Yes, they do change you. Happened here to Solomon, and it keeps happening. How many people, Brother Tom, that we saw in our home church there, which began to date unsaved people, and before you know, they were gone. Into a point, many of them, many of them after marriage, they were not allowed even to come to church. Many meetings we had on what they said, I want to go to church with my husband or my wife. Don't let me go to church. If I come to church, it's a big argument, a big fight, and we, we go on for days with that. And it becomes very difficult. Why? Because we made a bad decision. So I would say God said back then, 
You don't marry the people around you. You don't go around these people. You marry your own. Today the message is the same. Don't go and get yourself with unsaved people. Yeah, because if you think they're gonna, you're going to change them, they will change you. Well, there are cases sometimes the person gets saved, genuine saved, and comes the Lord begins to follow the Lord. But the odds are, are very remote. Be clear on that. So, uh, they go, uh, let me see, let me go down here. Folks, through my years being a Christian, I have seen many, like, like I said, you, I've done this, you left the church because of that. So, no man began with more promises than Solomon did. No man began with, with more promise than he did. Yet, a good beginning doesn't mean a good finish. Solomon drift, and finally, the, uh, the fact that, uh, we could see that when, when he fin finished all of his building, now his heart began to change, and he began to uh, uh, grab all the gods of this world. You say, well, I'm saved. I started good. I'm saved. I'm a child of God. I go to church. I read my Bible. I'm good. You know what? You can't do it alone. You need a God to, to give you strength. You need to ask Him for strength because, you know what? The temptation of the world is always around us, always enticing us. And if we let go of the Lord and take our eyes off the Lord and we begin to look at the things of the world, we are so enticed because the old nature that we have and we begin to drift away and begin to go this way. You know why? Because it's pleasing to the eye. It's pleasing to the heart and we want it and we begin to go. You ever see those cartoons that sometimes, you know, like, I forgot the name of the old cartoons, you know, is somebody cooking a meal and, and the smell of the food kind of travels. And because, you know, you see the cartoon flowing in the air going, trying to get the food. And that's exactly what we do. <laughs> we're so enticed, we're just flowing around, go right to it. So to say that we don't, we do. So, so let me put a couple of things here. Solomon, uh, Solomon means peaceful. Solomon was David's second son by Bathsheba, the first after the illegal marriage. Uh, he succeeded his father on the throne and, and at a young age, about 16 or, or 18 years of age, he took over the throne. So as soon as his, he had settled himself in his kingdom, he entered into an alliance with Egypt by the marriage of the daughter of Pharaoh. First mistake he made. Then God said, don't go do it. What did he do? He went and did it. And it's amazing. You know, it's like, listen. Okay. Do you think when the Lord says no to us is because he doesn't like us? He does that of love, and he knows we're going to hurt ourselves over there. So he says no. And even today, how many times we say no to our children, and they, say, and they go, you say no, and they, and they say, is, is that what, what, what they say right after? You don't love me? And another thing is, why? No. Why? I said no. Why? Some things don't need explanations, right? You just say no. I don't need to hear why. <laughs> and another thing is, here it goes, no. Here they go. You don't love me. No, I'm saying no because I love you. <laughs> because I know the potential. I know what you're going to do. You're going to hurt yourself. And the Lord is saying many things. Why the Lord tell, tell uh, the children of Israel, don't go marry these people around you? Because God knows best and knew what they were practicing. And I know if you're going to contaminate yourselves with them, you're going to, you're going to go away from me. So, as soon as uh, uh, so you and married the, the daughter of, uh, 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 with the Egyptian woman, so that was a mistake on his part. Instead of looking at a Jewish woman, he goes and takes an Egyptian woman. Why it was a mistake? Well, she brings with her the gods of Egypt. Let's go back before this. When the children of Israel went to Egypt, where they faced there? That was ten plagues, right? What do you think that the Egyptian was doing? They were shipping those things. You see, and, and when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, you know, they came out of Egypt, but Egypt never came out, out of them. They kept practicing and tried. They were enticed by the things of Egypt. Even many times they told, told, they told uh, uh, Moses, they want to go back to Egypt. You see, when we have those things are in our hearts and minds, it, 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 we just keep trying to go to the same thing. We can't do that. So, why is it a mistake? She, bring, she brings all the gods of Egypt 
He said, oh, that won't, change. that won't touch me. That's her gods. I have my God. You have your gods. Oh, goodness. You know the way people do today? Oh, you do your things. I do my things. That doesn't work, folks. What is hers is mine. What mine is hers. Period. Well, some guys go like this. What is mine is mine. What hers is mine. <laughs> That's not good. Anyway. So during his reign, Israel went from strength to strength commercially extensive traffic was carried out, out to the, uh, out, uh, I'm sorry, carried to, from Tyre, Egypt, Arabia, and by, uh, by sea with Spain, India, and the coast of Africa. As a result, Solomon generated huge amounts of cash or money, and he also had much of the produce from these different countries he traded, he traded with. So this man had a lot of wisdom that God gave it to him, and in his wisdom, he accumulated a lot of wealth. God appeared to Solomon in 1 Kings 3, and, he said, and, and he, he said, Ask, what shall I give thee? And, of course, he asked for wisdom. And the Lord granted him wisdom. But at that moment, right there, what happened to Solomon? Solomon was walking with the Lord. And when he asked the Lord, he asked with a genuine heart. He literally said to the Lord, Lord, I don't know how to take care of this people. I'm just a child. Why don't you give me wisdom so I can take care of your people? And God said, Okay, I'll do that for you because the way you ask. It was a genuine request, but he started good, but progressively went bad. We have to be careful ourselves. We say, oh, I'm good. I'm good. Be careful ourselves because that's why we need to stay in the Word of God constantly each and every day because it's easy to get our mind set on the things of this world. Let's look at this from several points tonight about a wise fool. Number one, Solomon uh, had a misplaced love. We see this on verse 1 all the way to verse 2. We read this. Let's read this again. And, but King Solomon uh, loved many strange women together with the daughters of Pharaoh, uh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Adamites, Zidonians, and Hittites. And, of course, verse 2 continues. So some people have a problem with listening. You got that? Some people have a problem with listening. They don't listen well. You ever see the, the old lady that, got, that goes to the other old lady? I know this is about gossip, but the good lady goes, did you hear? And she goes, hear what? <laughs> Some people just, you talk, you talk, you tell them, and they don't listen. Let me put it this way. If God is telling us, talking to us is telling us, why don't we listen? That's exactly what happened to Solomon. God spoke to him and said, this is what's going to happen to you if you don't do what I'm telling you to do. And you know what he did? He obviously didn't listen. He heard, he understood, but he didn't take it to heart because if he took it to heart, he wouldn't follow the other way. So folks, the situation repeats itself over and over again. From our children to co-workers, friends and family, there's always one that doesn't listen to good advice. You got that? Some people are just too stubborn to listen. I'm telling you. You try to help them, but they just don't listen. And sometimes you get frustrated and you say, are you listening to me? <laughs> but they're not. That's the problem of Solomon here. God specifically told him that what happened if he, he didn't listen, and Solomon didn't listen to the words of God. Did he heard it? Yes. This is a no-brainer, folks. If we don't follow what, what is right and listen to good advice, we will wind up in the wrong path. Actually, go to 1 Kings chapter 9, verse 4. Let's look what God said to Solomon there. We know, there's a bunch of verses. We, we'll read some. Look what it says. And if thou wilt walk before me. This is what God says to him. Before this, we come to, to chapter uh, 11 here. What it says, it says, If thou walk before me, as David thy father walked, in integrity of heart and uprightness, to do according to all that I have commended thee, and will keep my statutes and my judgments. Look what it says. And I will establish the throne of thy kingdom upon Israel forever. As I promised to David thy father, saying, There shall now fail thee a man upon the throne of Israel. But look what it says in verse 6. But if ye shall all turn from following me, ye or your children, 
and will not keep my commandments and my statutes, which I have set before you, but go and serve other gods and worship them, that I will cut off Israel out of the land which I have given thee, and this house which I have hallowed for, the, for my name will I cast out of my sight, and Israel shall be a proverb, a byword among all people. And this house which is high, every one that passeth by shall be astonished and shall hiss, and they shall say, Why had the Lord done this unto this land and to this house? You see, God, before it happened, God told him what was going to happen. He said, if you follow me, is my promise to you. But if you don't follow me, this is what's going to happen. So did he, did he, hurt, did he, did he hurt? Yes. Did he listen? No. How do you remember when you used to do something? Um, now, do you remember, I'm sorry, when you used to do something wrong and your mother would, sh- would shout out your entire name literally and you would pretend not to hear? You ever been there? Because I've been there. I remember when my mother called me my name because I have four names. <laughs> and she would call boom, 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 boom. And I know like, uh, and she go again. And I didn't, by the third time, I would turn around and say, yes, mom. <laughs> and... Uh, and I knew I was in trouble. So God tells Israel not to have anything to do with the woman of the land. But Solomon, of all people, loved these women. He knew what God had said about marriages with the woman of the land. Some may question God on this. What is wrong about marrying outside the Jewish circle? What is wrong about marrying a non-Christian person? You got these questions all the time, folks especially Christians and non-Christians. Well, we don't have time for, the, for that. We go in a different direction from the message. But if you are a student of the Bible, you will find out what was wrong with the people marrying the people of the land because God was very specific throughout His Word about telling his, the children of Israel why He didn't want them to intermarry with these people. I believe that love... The, the love of God was the motivation for God loves his people and didn't want his people to get hurt. You know, I, I tell you this way. How many times when we love someone, we tell, try to tell them the truth. We try to help them up. And, and, and how many times you get discouraged when they know they're not listening to you? It happens all the time. But what happened? They would not listen. Solomon heard God's warning very loud and clear. But as time passes by... He acted like he didn't hear God's given command to him. So he went and married the, man, the woman of the land. I know some of these marriages were political, political marriages, but still a marriage. Solomon started good. Solomon had a good start because he started with God. But Solomon made a huge mistake. Let me put it this way. Every Christian starts good. We can be lost. We can be in big trouble. But every Christian starts good because we start with God, right? But as we continue to work in our Christian, or live in our Christian life, sometimes we don't finish well because we go away from God. Many have done that. Listen, let me put it this way. Actually, go to Romans chapter 12. I want you to see something. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and verse 2 and uh, as we live our lives in this Christian, our Christian life in this world, uh, Romans chapter 12 is very uh, specific about what it says. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So, nobody, you know, Paul is not saying here that living the Christian life in this world is easy because temptation is all around us. You know, you can be in the center of God's will, and two seconds later, you move your head somewhere else, and you, you, you just lost it because we're so sinful. Well, look what it says in verse 2. But be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that he may prove that which is good and acceptable, perfect will of God. So it is impossible to present our bodies a living sacrifice if your body is not right, if we're not right with the Lord. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into his, his own mold. And that's what the world try to do. Have you ever been serving the Lord and everything is going well? And suddenly we find ourselves in the wrong place or the wrong thinking. It happens all the time. 
how easy it is for Satan to get get into a, get in and and cause us to to uh, to have to mis, uh, to misplace our love many times. Well, the enemy is always in the background, always seeking, always trying to mislead us. But let me tell you. Let's go to number two. Solomon had a heart condition. Look at verse 4 in our text. And it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wife turned away his heart after other gods. And his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God as it was the heart of David his father. So verse 4 right here is a turning point in the life of Solomon. It describes Solomon's age. It tells us who changed Solomon's, uh, Solomon's heart and what, may, uh, what, and what went on in his heart to change, to, to change. Obviously, he began to listen to his wives more than he was listening to God. And he began to look at the gods of his wives more than they were the wives of his God. And folks, it was not just one God. It was several gods. He did all that. <coughs> Excuse me. So Solomon had his heart turned from, uh, away from God as a result of his misplaced love, uh, love uh, in his heart. So he, he changed the love for God to put something else. Listen, the Lord doesn't want to share our heart. I don't want us to share our heart with something else. He wants 100% of us. That's what the Lord wants. So folks, our world is full of temptations. you agree with that? I mean, temptation is in every side. You drive on that highway, the billboards, many of them, is temptation. I mean, you, you go and you, you mind your business, you go to a store, you try to buy something, the magazines are right there. You have to, it's, it's, it's almost like you have to walk with blinders on not to see anything because temptation is in every side. Our world is full, is full of so many things that can remove our hearts and our minds away from the Lord. For Solomon was woman. He had a great appetite for women, especially strange women of the land. He was not attracted by the woman, the Jewish woman, and marry one of them. No, he was attracted by the woman of the land, which worshipped strange gods and did different things. So, uh, let me go back here a, a little bit. So, what about you? What about me? What things can potentially move your heart from the Lord? Listen, let me put it this way. All of us here tonight, and you online... Let me put it this way. All of us have weakness. Right? You might have some weakness different than, than my weakness, but all of us have weakness because we're humans. And some things, you know, it causes us to fall quicker than other things. So what we do, we need to guard our hearts against those things that causes us to fall quick. You may be, say that the worship of false gods no longer takes place today. Well, let me tell you, that there are thousands of gods out there, and is the, the worship of idols still out there and false gods? Of course they are. Get this, never say that you will never fall. Never say, I will never fall. Actually, what we need to say is this, listen to me well. I will pray that the Lord will give me the strength not to fall. Because it's not us, we weak and we fall. Many times, but we need to pray that the Lord will give us strength not to fall. Could Solomon walk away from this? Yes, he could. He could go to the Lord and say, Lord, I mean, he was a wise man, wasn't he? Wise, and I mean, look what he did. He, would look, he wrote the book of Proverbs. I tell you what, if he turned to the Lord and said, Lord, I am falling. I, I, I am falling for these things, for these false gods. Give me strength. I think the Lord will give him strength. But he literally walked away from God. We need to guard our hearts, but we need the Lord's strength to help us because our world is full of temptation. Look at what happened to the wisest man in the world because his heart was turned away. Look how it starts. Look at this. I go to watch my soccer or football, baseball team play this Sunday afternoon. You know what happens? Then I devote myself to all of that. I need to spend time with myself and my friends on Sundays. So I don't have time to go to church. I can read my Bible. I, I can't read my Bible because I'm just too busy. Well, then make time for it. The minute we place more priority, folks, on something uh, rather than, uh, other than the Lord, 
we begin to move away from him. One of the biggest sins we can commit is the sin of not giving Jesus Christ his proper place in our lives. We need to pray and ask the Lord to remove the idols of our lives. I don't want sports to be my God. That's me. That's my testimony. I don't want... Do, listen, do I love sports? Yeah. Somebody asked me a question today about sports at work. And I, I, I honestly, I look at him. I said, listen, I just don't follow sports that deep like that. You know, I, I just don't. I... I I watch it if I have time. If I don't have time, I, 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 I played sports and I like it. But I, I just don't go to just that to steal my time for something else that I can do. I said, I don't want TV to be my God either. You know, when, you know, you sit in front of the TV and TV entertains us for hours on end. And we flip the channels looking for the best entertaining program. Is something wrong about that? Well, Depends how we prioritize our time and, and the priority way we do it with the priorities. I don't want to work to be work to be my God either. I don't want social media to be my God. Listen, if we have social media stealing our time from spending with the Lord and new things the Lord calls us to do, you know what? We allowing that to overtake us. So the only God I want, this is me, is you, Lord. I want Him as you, Lord. People don't understand, I mean, I, I, I didn't grow up at all. I mean, a lot of us have to doubt ourselves. Those of us are older. Of course, we remember that there was no such thing as cell phones. And, you know, today, you know, kids grow up and they don't know. They just already have, you know, little kids are like two, I mean, maybe exaggerating, two or three months old. They already have an iPad next to them in, a, in their little bed. And then that's, you know, that's the way society is today. But we didn't grow up that way. I think, you know, if we had no more power, no more things or this and that, I think we could survive, couldn't we? And we could. See, I want the true God in my life, the only God. King Josiah, hears the words written in the book, and he rips the, uh, the clothes and then realize, realize that he had not been living as the Bible says he should. And I tell you what, if, folks, put it this way, and Solomon too, if we read the Bible... And try to understand what God says in His Word and, and take a face value and try to live it out and try to grasp it. I think we're going to rip our clothes off and say, Lord, I've been so sinful. I need you more. Let's go to point number three. Point number three says Solomon, Solomon had a heart problem. Did I, did I give you that? Oh, and I'm sorry, the number two is Solomon had a heart condition. And number three is Solomon had a heart problem. And uh, 1 Kings 6, uh, uh, 5, Solomon went after Asteroid, the, the goddess of the Zidonians, and after Malcon, the abomination of the uh, Ammonites. So this guy, he didn't, he, didn't got, he didn't get comfortable just by going to one of the gods of his wife. He just went to all of them. So our spiritual problem are always a problem of the heart. So with Solomon, God wants 100% of our heart dedicated to him. But oftentimes we only want to give God next or a little bit or next to nothing, especially when our hearts are feasting on the things of this world. The cause of Solomon, you know, you know what I mean? In the older I live, the longer I live, I understand this more and more. Is it the more we feast on the things of this world, the less we want the things of God? Because they too can't live in the same place. So the cause of Solomon's misplaced love at the end of the day was his wives and the false gods that they worshipped. Things were appealing to his sensual nature and not is spiritual nature. Solomon, Solomon, a man who once was close to the Lord, uh, has turned away from him and his heart was far away from him. So what, what causes uh, us to turn our hearts away from God? Well, many things. But let me give you a couple things that can turn our hearts away from God, okay? But I know there's many other things. Number one, or, uh, if you want to write it down, I don't, I don't know if you have this on your outline, is disgust in other Christians. So people who have been hurt by other Christians will often pull back, feeling betrayed and stunned by the hypocrisy sometimes. They even say, there's too, too much hypocrisy in the church. Oh, my goodness. You know, one pastor did this one time. This woman came to the pastor and said, Pastor, I'm leaving the church. I can't take the people. 
Everybody in the church have a problem. And, you know, I, I, I need to get out of here. And the pastor said, can you do me a favor before you leave? And she goes, yes. And he went right before service. He fell up a, 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 a whole glass of water right through the brim. And, and he said, would you hold this glass of, of water for me during the service? And she went, sat down, and she held a glass of water and said, please, make sure you don't dr drop nothing out of that glass. So the service went on and on. And after, uh, after everything was finished, he approached the lady and said, in this case it was a lady, he said, he said to the lady, he said, uh, so how did you do? She said, Pastor, not even one drop out of this cup. And he said, that's wonderful. Did you see all the commotion going around you? And she goes, how could? I was too concentrated on the cup. You know what? I think that's what it is. If we are concentrated on the Lord, I think we can grow in the things of the Lord. So when we allow many things to come to our minds and we get so, then when we worship, a lot of times we don't even enjoy it. We don't even, we need to participate with full heart. Number two, disappointments with God. Have you ever have been disappointed with God? When God doesn't seem to be hearing me or answer my prayers, disappointed can set in or disappointment can set in. Often this is due to unrealistic and untrue expectations of what God was going to do in the first place. Didn't Paul ask, Lord, take this from me? And ask again, Lord, take this from me. And again, Lord, take this from me. And what God said, my grace is sufficient for what? For thee? Did Paul quit? No. Did Paul went on? Yes, he did. Did he complain? No. But sometimes we get disappointed with God himself. What about difficulties, number three? Related to disappointments, we can experience difficulties in life that can drive us away from God. Following Jesus can make life worse, some say. Blowing up relationships, inviting persecution, the rejection of families and hard times that we live through. Sometimes we can say, you know, we, we face difficulties and we need to say, you know, it's no use for this. I had one person one time that told me, Pastor, I tied. I come to church every time the doors are open. I do this, I do this, and look at my life. I'm done. And he said, yeah, I told him, I, told him, I said, so you want to walk away from the Lord? Just like that, because he just disappointed. He said, it's just too, too difficult. I said, you think, I told him, I said, you think that if you walk away from the Lord, there will be non-difficulties in the other side? You think everybody's living happy and there's no problems? Everybody have problems. And he's like, I think, yeah, you make it make sense. I said, of course that makes sense because, you know, we, we live in a falling world where people are hurting. Distractions. We live in a very hypey, busy world, and our attention can jump from one thing to another thing. I know what distractions is. I'm a very distracted driver. I am, and I'm not proud of that. But I have a tendency to look at this and to look at that when I drive. Look at this, look at this, look in the mirror. I don't know if you are the same, but that's me. And, it's like, and I try to walk away from that, and, and I continue to do that, and I don't like it. But distractions, distractions can cause us a way to, to lose focus on the Lord. What about discouragements? I've heard it many times when people feel like they have been trying so hard and getting nowhere. Discouragement with themselves, discouraged with their lack of experience with God sometimes, discouraged by some recruiting sin, re discouraged by things in life can, can, can just, we come to a point and say, that's it, I gave up. What about doubt? Of course there are those who struggle with doubt. Maybe they aren't so sure about the resurrection of the Lord, so they doubt this and they doubt this, they question this, they question that, and they, they walk with the Lord is never the greatest because they, they doubt everything. Did God really rose from the dead? Then you try to help them up, and three weeks later, did God really rose from the dead? And they continue to do the same thing. I tell you what, I had a lady, I had a lady for the longest time. Like, when a passage had to do with prophecy, she would come to me and she said, and she said Pastor, I think I lost my salvation. You didn't lose your salvation. And we sit down, talk, 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 talk. Oh, Pastor, that's good. You explained it. About two weeks later, he comes again. Pastor, I think I lost my salvation. So I had to talk to the husband. I said, listen, can you help your wife? 
just, just get it. Pastor, I've been trying for years. So, you know, the doubt, it can be detrimental. What about desires? The truth is some people have their faith because they don't want to live under Jesus' authority. I want to sleep. Uh, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to go to this place. They don't want, you know, so they, have those, they have those desires, many times ungodly desires, but they want to do it anyway. And because of those desires, drives them away from God. So I am at work, and the guys go on, on, on Thursday or Friday, and some days they come to me, oh, you want to come with us? My first thing is, where are you guys going? I think it's a wise question, isn't it? If they invite you, are you coming with us? I mean, they, I mean, they mean well, but, but we have to ask, where are you guys going? Oh, they tell, oh, I'm sorry, I got things. Thank you for the invitation. You know, we've got to be kind. Thank you for the invitation. I really appreciate it. I just, I just can't go. I have things to do. Because you know what? The desire, where they're going, you don't want to go in the same way because eventually what happens, that desire will grow in you and then you find yourself going more and more. So desires. What about distance? Distance often comes as a result of, of other things. We feel disappointment or, 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 or disgusted or, or we are dis, dis, distracted or have doubts or, or, and, and we pull away. We isolate ourselves from other followers of Jesus, and before too long, we just don't feel part of the things they do anymore. So they isolate themselves. They don't go anywhere. And that's sad. It is very sad. What about drift? Many times I heard preachers say, you know, the... When you, we can see when a Christian is drifting away when he goes from the front seat all the way to the back and you know he's drifting away. I mean, that's a, I don't believe that. But, but it, you know, they, Pastor Crichton just said that quite a few times. <laughs> but drift, you know, when you put our eyes in the world and other things and we begin to want it and it grows in our heart and we begin to drift away from the Lord. What, so what am I saying these things? I'm saying these things because what happened to Solomon? Solomon walked with God. Solomon, you know, was doing the things right. And when he began to put his eyes on the gods of his wives and in the customs that they have, he began to uh, drift, 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 and drift away. Deceit. We can be deceived. We can be deceived by friends or so-called friends. We can be deceived by people, deceived by Satan himself. We believe a lie about who Jesus is and what life is all about. We come under this spiritual influences that clouds our mind. That's why I say, listen, be careful what you hear. Tested with the word of God. If something somebody tried to convince you of and you're not sure, be careful. People can deceive you. Because without even exploring the alternatives, we accept a lie and faith and begin to believe it is true. We need to be careful. There is an enemy, and he seeks to deceive and devour us. You see, Satan will use every means possible to get us as far away from God as possible. We tend to justify it uh, ourselves that, uh, that it is okay. I can take care of myself. I can handle. So with fools, we are to let anything or anyone for that man turn our hearts away from God. And believe me, folks, I have seen through the years on which Christian people who love the Lord, who were in, in church, who sing the songs of Zion, no longer in church, no longer sings the songs of Zion. They're living like the rest of the world. What happened to them? Let me put it this way. A lady kept a raccoon as a pet, and unknown to her, they go through a glandular change as about, at about 24 months. I, I, this is what I thought. I don't really know much about raccoons. So after that, they often attack their owners. Since a 30-pound raccoon can be the same as a 100-pound dog in a fight, her friend, who happened to be a zookeeper, felt compelled to tell her of the coming change. 
she listened politely and simply said, it will be different for my, uh, with Bandit, that was her, the name of the raccoon, uh, he would never hurt me. He just wouldn't, she said. Three months later, the lady under, underwent plastic surgery for facial laceration sustained when her adult raccoon attacked her for no apparent reason. You see, sin too often comes dressed in adorable disguises. And as we play with it, how easy it is to say, it will be different for me. It's never different, folks. Sin will be different. It may come in different disguises, but they will have the same effect. When we allow ourselves to drift away from the Lord and put our minds in the things that are not godly, it will come, and we will hurt. Solomon was walking with God. Solomon was in the right place, and Solomon changed his heart and eyes and began to look at the gods of his wives. And, of course, we see what happened. Let me put it this way. We need to guard our hearts. Look at what happened to the wisest man in the world because his heart has turned away. We can never say, I will never fall. None of us here can say, and you online, you can say, I will never fall. We have a sinful nature. We live in a sinful world. We have an enemy which wants to devour us, and we can fall. What we need to do is pray that the Lord will give us the strength to resist temptation. Listen, folks, if we play with sin, it will not, sin will not let us stop where we want to stop. Sin keeps on going. Sin keeps on going. We, have a, we had a politician in our state. Uh, when he got caught, a reporter took to him and said to him, why did you do this? You had a wonderful position. You have an, a, a name of prestige in the state. So why did you do this? He said, it only takes the first time, and you get away with it. And he did it for a long time. You see, it took the prodigal son to eat with the pigs. That's what sin does. It took Cain to kill his brother Abel and then be banished to another land. If we play with sin, it will not let us stop where we want to stop. It will take us down further than we want, than we want to go. When we choose not to do what God wants, we have to face the consequences. Now, following God's ways, let me tell you, sin always brings consequences. Number four, Solomon's reaping consequences. We see this from verse 11 all the way to verse 13. The consequences of sin will always cost more than the pleasures of sin. You believe that? The consequences of sin always cost more than the pleasures of sin. Solomon's motivation had changed. He had gone from building God's temple and serving God to build altars to the false gods his wife's worship, and he ended up serving them as well. David had defeated all Israel's enemy, and Solomon had none to worry about during his reign. But look at verse 14 right there. And the, and the Lord stirred up an adversary into Solomon. Israel got, uh, go from glory to exile right And God told him so. If you do this, this is what's going to happen to you. But you know what? He didn't listen to the Lord. Let me put it this way. You ready? Don't negotiate with Satan. Sometimes we think we can negotiate with the enemy. We cannot. They don't want negotiations with us. They want to destroy us. You follow that? If your enemy wants to destroy you, and you try to, be, try to have a conversation with the enemy, guess what's going to happen? The enemy goes... You a fool, because <laughs> I'm going to destroy you. Don't negotiate with Satan. Let me put it this way. A hunter raised his rifle and took careful aim at a large bear. As the hunter was about to pull the trigger, the bear spoke in a soft, smoothing voice. Isn't it better to talk than to shot? The man said, what do you want? Let's negotiate. This matter, 
Lowering his rifle, the hunter replied, I want, to, I want a fur coat. Good, said the bear. That is a negotiable question. I only want a full stomach. So let's negotiate and compromise. They sat down and negotiated, and after a time, the bear walked away alone. The negotiations had been successful. The bear had a full stomach, and the hunter had his fur coat. You got it? Satan says to you, let us negotiate. But there are some things that cannot be negotiable. We cannot compromise the church, the word of God. We cannot compromise the church with the world. We cannot compromise the word of God with the world. We cannot compromise our walk with the Lord with the walk with the world because you know what? We're going to deceive ourselves. Satan wants war. What Jesus said, he, he's a thief and a robber. He comes to what? To kill and to destroy. So if he has that towards us, and he is our enemy, and he know, we know he's coming to kill and to destroy, what should we do? Negotiate? No. We stand up with the whole arm of God, and we fight him back. I conclude with this. Solomon was the wisest man on earth and his heart was turned away from God because he took his eyes off God. If he prayed the Lord will give him strength, he probably wouldn't go that way, but he didn't do it. He let it go. He started well. He didn't finish well. Same thing with us. We alone can't do it because we will fall. But by God's grace, if we ask the Lord, Lord, I need your strength, could you please help me? The Lord will give us strength to overcome. Listen to me, every temptation, every single one of them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this passage of Scripture, for this chapter. And Lord, uh, Solomon was a wise man. You gave him a lot of wisdom. But he didn't use that wisdom to stay close to you. He walked away from you and begin to worship the gods of this world. Help us, Lord, to stay close to you and to always ask you for strength as we go from day to day. Lord, we live in a world full of temptation. Temptation is everywhere. I pray, Father, give us strength that we don't fall away from you and don't fall into sin. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. If you are, uh, we have our prayer sheet tonight.